0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, away we go. It's topics worthy of discussion, that part in the program where we hunker down with uh, the aforementioned, brought to you by Pizzaville, dial pound 3636. Joining us, as he does most Tuesdays, Kevin Gaudet is the president of Bright Point Strategy and formerly head of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation.
1: Kevin, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Living the dream, Johnny. Happy Suicide (laughs) Prevention Day.
0: Well, there you are. Uh, As long as you're living the dream. Uh, Alyssa Freeman is with us, PR and pop culture media expert. How's Alyssa? Just fine. Thank you for asking, John. Mm-hmm. And Peter Tabbins rounds out the panel He's the NDP MPP for Toronto Danforth, and their energy and climate change critic. How's Mr. Tabbins? I'm
2: doing very well, John. Good to see you here. Likewise.
0: Well, yeah. It's a whole
2: different place on Tuesdays. Where goodness. Are I'm still
0: here on Tuesdays. I know. Amazing. Thursdays, Fridays. But everything else is different. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I know. We changed the ambiance and everything, all the various screens and moving components yeah, here. Yeah, and the just candles and the champagne and the buckets on the Well, you the side. know what we thought? Wait
3: a minute. When are you here?
0: <laughs> That's right. He's a special treatment guy. Yeah. It's like rearranging the furniture when the cat's outside the room, and then he comes back, uh, you're really put off here. Let me ask you, the federal election, from what I understand, will start tomorrow. The writ will be dropped. Now, here's the question, because this is one that ends October 21, and might say mercifully, but uh, it's a a five-and-a-half-week campaign, roughly. The last time out, 2015, 78 days. Kevin, by your inside knowledge of all these matters, I mean, uh, a short or a long election, who does that tend to benefit and if so, uh, why?
1: Well, I think it's a case-specific, and in this in in this case, the prime minister wants a and his team want a shorter writ period because he's liable to make mistakes, and the more he's exposed, the more problems that there are for him. Um, and he controls the decision in this case. I'm, I suspect the conservatives would have preferred, if they had a choice, which they don't, they would have preferred a longer campaign because their leader is new and. And people don't know him, so it's less opportunity for him to be on. Well, and the same thing with Jagmeet Singh uh, to be known in the public. So I think a shorter campaign they would believe works to the incumbent's advantage, in this case, the liberals.
0: Yeah, well, last time around in 15, uh, it was 78 days, and really uh, Justin Trudeau was in third spot, and it was only within the last two weeks or so. Had that campaign only been five and a half weeks, there's a good chance this country would be governed in a different way. But, Alyssa, I mean, any thoughts? on how that would work, the timeline, and uh, to whose benefit and how this may be won or lost.
3: It benefits to the party that is most prepared, and by that I mean they have their ads ready to go, the buys are ready to go. I mean, if the, if the writ was going to be dropped sometime between everybody thought this week, between Monday and Sunday. So, you know, there's been a lot of banter about that, and the media has certainly known about it, too. So, you know, he, who is, he or she who is most prepared is going to win. So the narrative has to be solid. I'm waiting for what the conservatives are going to come out with, quite frankly. They've got that very nice Andrew Shear commercial on and but that I don't think is the one that's going to carry the day I have to believe that there is something else in the hopper that they will have put out and when you have a shorter time period and we've often said that we think that voters are going to be making up their minds as, as they walk into the voting booth but when you have a shorter time period you have a better chance of hammering home your message without a time lag so that people forget. So it can really, really work to your advantage if you have planned ahead, and that if and if you are ready to go.
0: Okay, ready to go and planned ahead, and uh, that brings us around to the NDP, Peter. I mean, Jugmeat should have known this was happening. How come there's a dearth of qualified candidates running under the NDP banner? How do you miss the boat on this?
2: I don't think there's a dearth at all. There- we're in very good shape nominating the last of the candidates that have to be on board. Uh, the campaign bus is already underway. We've had our campaign launched. The platform came out a few months ago. People are ready and on a roll, frankly, John. So I don't think you should worry about it at all. I think By just, the way, you should a... vote NDP and be a happy man. Is that an electric bus? It is not, to my knowledge.
1: How's New, how's New Brunswick going? Oh, that's what I wondered. Maybe yeah. it's a bus with pedals.
2: <laughs> well, I, I appreciate all your suggestions.
0: It's a bus that'll do very well for us. It's not a suggestion. It's an observation. And uh, all right, so it betrays uh, one of the foundation. We didn't even mention Elizabeth May. Uh, I want to okay. know what her mode of transportation will be and what what the size of the carbon footprint will be but she's also made some news because uh... frankly somebody brought up the abortion question with her too i mean uh, i don't know if they're running out of things to talk about there's no fresh chum in the water or whatever but on that point uh... kevin Goodet, she said she would basically allow her members to vote their conscience and i thought isn't that large that's sort of what uh... they were suggesting you know uh... or at least andrew shear was getting pilloried for but there was no noise from the uh folks in the Green Party further than that. I mean, what did you make of it, uh, the announcement today?
1: Well, her announcement today is, is a complete walk back of the statement that you just referred to, Or two days ago she stated categorically that she would not whip backbench MPs on, on uh, independent motions uh, or, or votes of conscience, and that they would be free to vote th- as they wished, that she couldn't whip them. And then this morning, one wakes up and reads that she's completely walked it back, and that she says the party does everything they possibly can to ensure any candidate is vetted such that they are, are uh, pro-abortion or, or pro—what's the pro-choice, pro-choice, pro-choice um, candidates? Um, massive flip-flop overnight. Uh, which is, I said last week on the show, just how not ready for prime time she is and how terrible a leader she is. This is good evidence of that. This is such a key issue for which every leader must have a clear answer already prepared. And she's been a leader for, what, like since forever, it seems, 12 years or something. But even though the issue has been put
0: to bed, it's just a question of uh, how would you respond with your own members maybe going off the... The hymn sheet, and uh, she didn't seem to have a qualified answer. Well, does, does she fundamentally believe in the principle
2: of pro- protecting a woman's right to choose, or not? Does her party fundamentally believe in that? And what yeah, we but if you're going to say uh, your
0: members can vote their conscience or they can actually express themselves individually, uh, she's retracted that. Yeah, she. Not she that has anybody cares, because she's not. She's a non-entity anyway, except at the expense of the NDP.
2: Ah. Uh, she takes votes from all kinds of people. I'm, there are Tories who I'm sure are very happy to vote green. In fact, I've talked to Tories on the doorstep
0: who uh-huh. voted green. Oh, really? Yeah, I have. Or were green when they voted. Uh, <laughs> that was the question.
2: Oh, John Oakley. Well, let, You're a barrel of laughs, man. Well, let me
0: let me ask you this, because, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I've been reading a lot about how, uh, you know, outside influence may play a role. And certainly in the American election, the last time around, you know, the whole Russian collusion thing, and then the midterms, and then looking forward to 2020, I don't think we'd be immune from any of these outside influences. And that includes everything from foreign government governments, uh, you know, playing tricks. Uh, we've seen already, you know, pro-Beijing rallies that included liberal cabinet ministers provincially but even the big tech companies and the way that they may manipulate things when it comes to their search engines and so on and so forth, is that a cause for concern? Am I overstating things here, Kevin Gaudet, or do you think there's anything of merit there?
1: Well, I think there are a whole number of ways increasingly through technology that, well, or just back-channel cash. Uh, you know, we're talking about that article in, in the Calgary Herald today by Alicia Corbella talking about the $2 million given to the by the left-wing U.S. folks, anti-oil folks in the States, who funneled cash to a B.C. activist for $2 million so that she can run anti-oil sands campaigns in Canada, uh, somehow... Um, The left in Canada don't seem to give a damn about that, but they're worried about Russian bots. They're fairly arbitrary in the areas of of, of intervention that they're bothered by. Well, all right. That was a question, too. When it comes to those kinds of things, like
0: the oil sands, the anti-oil sands campaign, uh, it's sort of well-documented now. There's a paper trail or a money trail, and these uh, American NGOs, Tides Foundation, Rockefellers, uh, the Packard family funneling money to kill the oil sands initiative, uh, and yet they don't turn their sights on the Texas oil patch or the fracking and so on and so forth. So, I mean, are we susceptible to being undermined economically, you know, uh, by these people pouring foreign money into uh, campaigns against certain interests like the old in Alberta
3: absolutely John you know you have to wonder about somebody's motives when they do that when I read that article I thought okay well just a minute let me let, let me parse this why why is this news and why is this appearing now and and when it was when it happened a while ago and first of all I, I want to say that the article was was well written the columns was well written the column was well written and I felt that you know she gave a very very balanced point of view and you know there is a there's intent and purpose with every donation with every strategy when you start looking north of the border. And when you tend to look north of the borders, because you want to ignore something that's going on south of the border. So I find it a little bit insidious. Uh, I think there should be more attention paid to it, quite honestly. And why we're just hearing about it now, I think, is a really good question.
2: Well, this is a giant red herring. I mean, it really is a red herring. We've got the Amazon fire. We've had huge fires in the Arctic. The Earth is heating up. Huge Groups. fires in the Arctic? Yes. Where? Siberia this summer, if you didn't notice. Alaska, we saw them in Finland and Sweden last year. Uh We're seeing very large-scale burning that in places we haven't seen it before. You've seen it in the Amazon? It's been worse in the Amazon. No, this is an exceptional year and you know that, John. You know it quite well. I beg to differ. It's being noticed on a global scale because of the scale of it, the impact of it. Mm. Uh, In any event, the, the reality so is... That we that foreign no, money? Ha, foreign money? Give me a break. Most oh, of the you, oil patch is owned by foreign companies. They're putting billions in. Yeah, but the they money accrues billi-
0: to our benefit, too. Legal, they, they leg- put, legally. They,
2: they put billions... <laughs> the, oh, good God, Kevin. Um, putting money into campaigns to stop the climate crisis is a legitimate thing. It's done by American foundations in the United States. They donate to Canadians as well. They donate to Canadians because they're supporting a fight against the climate crisis. You don't seem to recognize that there is a crisis, and it has to be taken on uh, in, so in
3: why are way. why aren't they donating to interest in the States to they fight? They are. For, Take a look. Well, no, I, I, Follow I think, the environmental movement, thing? The other thing that I think is important is that sometimes, and listen, I do believe that there is climate change, but I also seem to think that climate change is being used as a catch-all phrase for things happening all over the world where maybe, you know, it doesn't really fall under that true definition and we talk about the the amazon fires and i don't think that we have the 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 full the full story about the amazon fires i think it was I, i think it was very neatly put under climate change but i don't think that that is the whole story about it
0: besides i mean the americans have actually expanded their extraction whereas we have not well the americans have expanded their extraction in part because we have a very high
2: cost oil sands Resource here in Canada. It's much cheaper in the United States Or it's to easier
0: track. to stifle our production as opposed you know, John, to the American's. That,
2: that is the weirdest conspiracy theory I've Why heard from you in a long time. How many, how many people have them.
0: lost jobs in Alberta?
2: I, I don't think it's a question of a conspiracy and, and by American care. Oil producers. No. Come on, Kevin. No, you're you, you your sacrificing. You I do care about people. I do care about oil workers, and I think in Canada, we should be investing in Alberta and helping them make a transition. But if you look at what's happened with world oil prices and the big drop in world oil prices, making a big part of the tar sands... Uneconomic, where at the same time fracking was extraordinarily cheap. What about
0: LNG? I mean, we could export that and then we'd get the Chinese off of coal. That stands I, to every no, Well, I don't. A You're a globalist. Uh, you would be happy. I about don't that. assume that's going to happen at all in Why any event.
2: It? Why would the Chinese not take LNG and burn coal at the same time? There is coal no automatic. There is no automatic. No, I don't think it's necessarily well, because cheaper. Because
0: it's exported from Vancouver, uh, that hotbed of NDP. Uh, John? What? John?
2: You don't understand what's going on with the energy sector. And that is not... No, it, it's just
0: not going to happen, uh-huh. frankly. Okay, but replacing if everything with... You're to make a difference with, in
2: China. You have w- to invest w- in renewables, green, not in LNG. Okay, renewables,
0: renewables, and I don't understand what's going on with the energy sector. And you're saying renewables are going to replace fossil fuels yes, in they the very will. near term? Oh, okay. okay. In the next decade or two, yes, they will be. Oh, okay. Uh, really, and uh, all these things that uh, are byproducts beyond fossil fuels, like, you know, plastics and so on and so forth, we're going to get those from renew?
2: Eventually, you
0: will have bioplastics.
2: They will replace them.
0: Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.